Hello once again, and welcome to my podcast, Say a Little Prayer. My name is Sharon Tango, and I'm your host for today. Before we proceed, I'd like to thank everyone who tuned in to last week's podcast and sent some comments and questions my way. God bless you and keep you. I will try to answer your questions, but by God's grace, if I'm unable to, I'll seek counsel from my betters, the ones who've been in Christ longer than I've been alive. One of such is my father, Pastor Reverend Densentown. He's a very insightful pastor, and some of the things that I know of God, I understood them from him. He opened my mind to a new dimension of thinking. If you want to look for him, you can find him on Facebook or YouTube under the name Delison Tanko. And if you have any questions for me to answer, you can reach me at the podcast handle on Facebook and on Instagram at Say a Little Prayer. Okay, so now we're going into today's meeting. Last time I stopped at believing our words by ourselves, yes? Well, let me continue. Well, you see, the the tongue... Forgive me. The tongue is a powerful, a very powerful, very, very decisive instrument. It's like the steering wheel of a car. Now, a car can have any, any and everything. But if it doesn't have a wheel, there is no way that car is going to move in the right direction. Imagine a a drunkard behind the wheel or a reckless person driving a car. It will almost always most definitely end in a tragedy but for the grace of God so we need to understand that our words are powerful when we understand that these words have power then we can start to believe the words will have effect now we can if you don't believe me we can do a little test just a quick test now right now Have you ever had a bad experience or you heard something bad and you said the words, Ah, I said it though. Didn't I say it? Or I told you so. Well, it's because your words have power. It's because your words have power. They can do and they can undo as long as you believe them. And you probably ask, who's to say that I believed them? I just said it. There was no belief attached. Well, I I hate to be the bearer of bad news. But you don't just say things. Words and they don't just come out. There's always a belief attached to every single word that comes out of your mouth. Every word you speak has a belief to it. But most often We don't take the time to search our hearts to know what our true opinions are about what we just said. We just think it's trivial. Newsflash. Spirits don't do trivial. Words are spirits. Yes, Jesus said, for the words I speak unto you, they are spirits and they are life. So yes, words are spirits. And if you conjure a spirit to do something, it will do that thing you asked it to do. It will not do more than that. It cannot do less than that. It's their job. They obey the ones that sent them. I don't know how many of you watched home videos back when we were when we were growing up. 
when you're always doing these videos, people always go to have a list and something, 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 something. They want the spirit to attack this person. They want the spirit to attack that person. They want the spirit to produce money for them. They want to use the spirit to defend themselves. The spirit that they are conjuring to defend themselves will only defend them. It will not give them money and it will not attack another person. You know, unless that was part of the programming. The one that you are calling to attack somebody, that's his job, attack. If it goes to that person, you watch an African magic, it will go to that person. If it's unable to attack them, it will come back and attack you. Why? It's a spirit. It has to attack. That's what you send. You say attack. I cannot attack this one that you sent me to. The only other place I know to go to is you. The person that sent it. So it will go and attack the person. Why? Because that's the job. That's what you sent it out to do. The one that you will conjure now so that you will be receiving money. You'll be receiving money. You'll be receiving money. You'll be receiving money. It can only bring money. Nothing else. Can't go and kill somebody. Because that was the specific purpose of the spirit. It's the same thing. It's the exact same principle. The devil just stole principles from God because it could not create its own principles. We said this in the last episode. Devil doesn't have the ability to create. It doesn't have the capacity to, of creative thinking. It can't do it. So all it can do is replicate. And since nothing good can come from it, everything that it can replicate, it will replicate it with a hitch. There's always a comma. Because it's not good. So yes, words are spirits. And they go out to minister unto us the things that we declare them to minister unto us. So we cannot be frivolous with the words that we speak. We need to be very, very, very careful. Like now, I, <laughs> there's this raining song currently. I am a mumu. From back, uh, this, uh, what's his name? Osita. When he was acting, that he sang the song. And you see people just singing that song. And they're singing it with such reckless abandon. They're being careful about it. But you don't understand that the more you say it, the more like it you become. Some things just start to miss in your head. You will not notice it. I remember when I was, I was in, um, I was in SS1. Was I in SS1 or SS2? There was a point in my life, though, between the ages of, of 13 and 15, where my favorite phrase was, I'm confused. I used to say it because I wanted people to explain things to me. But I would always say it every single day, almost in an hour, if I'm speaking or I'm in an environment with people that I am comfortable enough to talk with, I'm confused is the start of every sentence I make. Even if it has nothing to do with the sentence. I got so used to saying it. Then I used to get so confused. I used to behave like a didiri. My brain wasn't really functioning. And I did not understand. Because initially I wasn't confused. I just didn't know how to be polite enough to ask the questions that I wanted to ask. So I'd say I'm confused. So that anybody I was speaking to would not take offense. I will be kind enough to explain to me. I'm confused. I'm confused. I used to say it. I said it so much. I rebuked the spirit of confusion now. For all the words I'm uttering. But I used to say it a lot. And then I found myself confused. I was so confused. The simplest basic tasks. I could not figure out how to do it. I was so lost. 
And I wondered why. Because I didn't used to be confused. I didn't. And then I, I, I sat down to think about it and I was praying about it. And then, you know how I said I always receive an answer. And when I heard, I said um, the thing that came to my head is because I'm always saying I'm confused. Now look at me confused. I didn't really buy it. And I got to church on Sunday. And that was the, 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 the topic for the day was words are life. Something like that. And then I realized that it was because I kept on saying. So every time I open my mouth and the words I'm confused came out, I slap myself and I say, I'm not confused. I know what I'm doing. I, ah, and it was painful. You know, sometimes when you want to reset yourself, you, when you do something that hurts you, you're conscious of the fact that you're about to get hurt, even by you. So you check yourself. So that was my check. I slap myself and I correct the statement I made. I'm not saying you should do it. Maybe it won't work for you, but that was what worked for me at that time. And it worked wonderfully. I stopped saying the words, I'm confused. And when I started saying, I'm not confused, I know, I know, I know. I became less and less confused until the confusion was gone. Why? Because I corrected the words that I spoke into my life. So words are spirits. They will do exactly what you send them to do. And so if you keep speaking unbelief, if you keep speaking misery into your life, if you keep speaking poverty, pain, sorrow, grief, anger, hatred, all these things will manifest in your life at some given point. And if you really, really want to take a deep observation, where you are now, what you're doing now, was there not a time that you said something like this? Because our life doesn't just happen. We arrange the progression of our lives with the words we speak. So we need to be careful about that. Hmm? If you keep saying, Kai, this life is hard. This country is impossible. Or because in, in, the, in your heart of hearts, that's what you mean. That's all you can aspire to be. It's a beggar and a pauper. After all, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. That's Luke 6.45. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7. People long since dead. They understood this pattern. So we need to change our mentality with the words that come out of our mouth. Now, I'm not saying that these circumstances may not be true. But that doesn't mean they have to be your truth. Country doesn't necessarily need to be hard for you. It's not the plan. It's not God's plan. It's not God's plan. Think of this for a moment. Have you ever seen or heard of Buhari's son begging for bread? Is Nigeria not his country? Eh, but he is not in Nigeria. So, and? Does it change the fact that he's rich? Eh, but the money is stolen. Are you EFCC? Uh, who are you to judge? Christians, we need to understand something very, very painful. I know it's painful because I'm still working on it till tomorrow. Hmm? And I'm going to digress to tell you this. But as Christians, we can't judge. We are not allowed to. We are forbidden from judging. When we condemn a person, we condemn ourselves. That's it. Judge not that ye not be judged or that ye be not judged. That's Matthew 7, 1. Yes. Because the more you mock and ridicule, insult, degrade, abuse or verbally toss a person, 
for his actions or whatever. It's the same way you'll be tossed. The exact same way you'll be mocked, you'll be ridiculed, you'll be scorned. Why? Because it's, it's a judgment. You give it, you receive it. Uh, but God forgives and he doesn't remember. Okay. But you know that there's zero way to receive forgiveness if you don't give it. You can't receive it if you don't give it. That is the whole point. Forgive us as we forgive them who trespass against us. As we, that means there's a give and take there. You give the forgiveness in order to receive it. Therefore, if you've not received it, then you are not forgiven. Then he has not forgotten. Then he can judge you. And he can find you wanting. You're unworthy. Yes. Why should you receive? That's, that's why when there's contention in a house, there's a, there's a part of the Bible, I can't remember exactly where, <clears throat> where it says as long as a husband and wife are, you know, contending, they are, they are fighting, they are beefing themselves, the gates of heaven will be closed unto them. They have to resolve it. They have to forgive themselves. Because how can you expect God to show you a message that you are unwilling to give? Why should you receive something that you don't want to give? As in uh, um, this, this, this passage, give and it will come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, rolling over, shall all men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure ye met, that with her shall it be measured unto you again. As um, it's in Luke, Luke 6, Luke 6, 38. Now, the same judgment you give will be given unto you. You call somebody a fool. Guess what? You are foolish. Yes, you give it. You have to receive it. That's why most of the time I like to tell people, be careful how you talk to others. Don't talk to them the way you would not like it if someone talked to you. It's a vicious cycle. That's by the way. Because those of us, those of you, because I'm working on myself, I don't know if you would want to work on yourself or not. Those of you who have hardened your heart because of Buhari and his stooges, people that don't even know you exist, and if they did, they couldn't care less about you. You're using your hands to stab yourself by yourself. You need to pray to God to loosen your heart, to hold your tongue when your rage against the government builds. I'm not preaching for the government. As far as I'm concerned, this world can fade. The only person, the only thing that will never fade is the word of God. It's God. So I'm not going to put all of my life and zoom it and focus on government. Government cannot help you. Government can help you now. They cannot help you tomorrow. The only one who can help you is God. You turn your eye to him and then every other thing that is under will write itself. But look at our country. We have cost this government from before the government became a government. And now that the, the country is manifesting all these causes, you say, ah, uh, you see open your mouth and say, uh, the government is hard, this country is hard. You don't understand that everything progressed according to how we spoke it. A thousand, no, 140 or so million people singing causes, winning causes on one country. How can you hope for anything better than what is happening right now? That's why churches, we just, Christians, 
We need to cultivate the habit of praying for our country. We need to soften our hearts. We need to cancel this this hatred, this anger against government and people in office. Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spirit, but against spiritual wickedness, against uh, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Right? Against rulers of darkness of this world. Your beef is not with Buhari. Your beef is not with Samuelu. It's not with any of these people. It's with the spirits behind them. So focusing all your rage, all your anger on them, on the government, and then insulting it, and insulting it, and insulting, ridiculing it, mocking it, and somehow expecting that it will get better, can only condemn you, can help you, can only destroy the country. So we need to let go of that hatred. We need to let go of that anger, that rage, that thing that just wants, we just want to mock the country. It's not good. I've digressed. Because we need to understand, we need to remember, aha, remember, the wealth of the unrighteous is little for the righteous. Proverbs thirteen twenty two. So all these monies that you're claiming they've been, they've been stolen, they're not being stolen, they've been stored. They've been stored for you. But if you keep insulting them, if you keep ridiculing them, mocking them, you will never see it. I'm not saying this to encourage theft. Please, I'm not saying it to encourage theft. I'm just saying that all hidden money will be released to you. But there is not a soul on this planet that is going to give a dime to any person that insults them. Not unless God asks them to. There is no person. Compassion won't move them because they're not godly people. I've digressed enough. What I was saying before I got into all this whole talk of, you know, controlling our tongues, what I was saying is that God is a king. He's not just any king, but he's the king. He's the master of masters, the elder of elders, lord of the living armies. He's so rich, he made two heavens and he called one earth. Think about it. He wants all his offspring to experience heaven on earth. That will mean that earth has the capacity of heaven. The only difference is that there is no iniquity in heaven. There's no, no rich man. Hmm? Unless this man has been infiltrated by so many evil spirits, he doesn't know what to do with. There isn't a rich man alive that is going to let his son, his offspring, one that he loves, even the ones that, that, that are evil, the child that he loves, that he cares about, this is his own, is the person that's going to carry his mantle. Hmm? There's not one of them <clears throat> that will let that child live in squalor. You remember the parable of the prodigal son? That boy chose his misery. Everything he got, the eating with pigs, living like a beggar, he chose it. He made that choice. It was not his father that made the choice. Where was his father? His father was outside the gate. Always waiting, always looking for him. Waiting for his son to come home. The son chose his misery. The son also chose to end his misery. All of these things, they are choices. And they rest with us. He cannot come and make the choices for us. The rich man would have gone to look for his son, but his son chose to leave. 
No, you had to wait for him to come home. Because it doesn't matter what a person does. You can't interfere with another person's choice. That's wrong. You have to just pray and hope in your heart of hearts that at the end of the day, they make the right choice. So we have to speak out. We have to speak out loud and clear what we want for ourselves. And we have to believe it. Then we have to have faith in it. And guess what? In as much as every word we speak is a spirit, good or bad, every word we speak has faith attached to it, whether it's positive or negative. The difference is that negative faith is called fear. Now, you don't think you're speaking fear. Well, if I were to ask you which one you think is easier, bravery or cowardice, which one will you choose? Hmm? Will you face the giant or will you run from it? Will you face the storm or would you run from it? African magic once again introduces itself. Mother-in-law, the devil. Would you choose to appease her? Would you choose to stand your ground and say, this is my home? Well, see, most of you will just duck your head. Now, if you're married, I have such a, a, a mother-in-law. Why? Fear is easier than faith. Because we're accustomed to it. You know, we woke up in this world with a dead spirit. So we're so used to one way of life. That to now change the habit of fear to faith, it is. it takes constant work. And you say, for example, you say this country is bad. This country is that worse. It is gone. It's gone to the dumps. But if God told you now to go to Taliban and preach there in the streets, how many of you will go? No questions. There are some of us that would, of course, after many, many battles fought in the spirit. You know, contending, saying it's not God. Get this spirit away from me. Oh Lord, let this God pass over me. Let this God pass over me. Let this God pass over me. He will forgive me. He will just let me go. There are even fear of us that will go with no questions asked. So where do you fall? If you saw a burning building, would you rush inside to help the people? People screaming. Or would you just look away? Would you stare in horror? Faith? Fear? What would you do? Let me bring it closer to home. You just bought a gas cylinder, 8K. Or 12K, as I'm hearing that in some places, that's how much it's costing. And as soon as you put it in your car... You heard someone lamenting about food and no way to cook. Would you give it up? Would you give it to that person if God asked you? Hmm? Would, you would he even need to ask you? Or would you be thinking, every man for himself. Man must chop. YOLO. You only live once. No food for lazy man. It's a doggy dog world. Is that what you'd be thinking? There's always either an element of fear in your words and actions or an element of faith in them. No matter how good the words you speak are, and we must remember this part, no matter how good the words we speak are, if we back it up with fear, it is all for nothing. You can't speak good words and back it up by fear. It will never work. It's like, it's like solving maths in an English exam and expecting to get anything other than an F. Kole cannot work. The fear, like you say, hmm, Today, I'm going to earn 50K. And then you sit down in your house and you do nothing. Say, ah, someone will call you. Say, ah, I don't have money. I'm just 
You know, I'm trying to figure myself. That's fear. You didn't go out. You didn't. You didn't back up those words you spoke with an action, in support of it. That's faith. Action in support is faith. Action against that's fear. So your confessions must match your faith to yield results. Your confessions must match your actions to yield results. Seems our time is up for today. But before we leave, I'd, I'd like you to join me in saying the prayer. Father God, sweet, sweet Lord, thank you. Thank you for opening my eyes to some things that I didn't even notice before. Thank you for touching my heart. Thank you because I know that despite the fact that what some of what I've heard today was a hard pill to swallow, but because I know it's from you, I will obey. Thank you because you love me. You love me so much that you couldn't stand not being able to help me. So you showed me something that I had missed. Now you can't miss. Thank you for giving me a heart that can learn to love you as much as you love me. To love others as much as you love them. Thank you, my darling God, for making my heart sing. I love you. Thank you so much for saying that your prayer with me. I hope it helped. I hope it helped to set your mind on God for today. Before I leave you, I'd just like to remind you not to forget to check us out on Facebook and on Instagram at Say A Little Prayer. Also, to reach out to us if you have any questions or issues, not just about today, but personally. I would love to share and pray with you. You can also visit my pastor, Reverend Delison Tanko, on Facebook and on YouTube. Thank you and thank you. Until next week, stay blessed.